Good afternoon, everyone. Today is Friday, March 26th, 2021. And uh, I'm Dan Benjamin. Welcome to the show. Got a pretty good program for you. There's a lot of news, uh, a lot of stuff I have an opinion about. And uh, well, before we do that, I'm going to remember to do the, the lower thirds this time. That's me. I'm at Dan Benjamin. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter, on Instagram, on YouTube, pretty much anywhere that you want. I try to use the, uh, the name at Dan Benjamin everywhere. So first and foremost, follow me. Uh, I haven't noticed many of you actually doing that. Certainly not on Instagram. Hey, Maggie. But for sure, I, I need you to do that. And for those of you who have, thank you, of course. But while you're here on YouTube watching, yeah, like and subscribe. And that's the bell. That's the bell. You got to ring that thing so you get the alert when I start the show because we got Periscope going away. Bye-bye, Periscope. And uh, while you're here, like, smash the like, punch the like, I say. If you're on a tablet, physically punch the tablet until it registers the like. And they don't call me about that. And then, of course, subscribe. That's the big one. We're trying to build the channel. But I've got to tell you something. I'm going to let the whole thank you, kind sir, go. A lot of y'all have all of a sudden started to go to patreon.com slash Benjamin and donate. A lot of you have done it. And I, there's been a little, a little increase recently. I don't, I don't know why, but thank you. Thank you very kindly for that. And uh, please continue to do it. If you're not supporting the show, um, I think you should be. I think the work that I do here is important. And I hope that you feel the same. And I hope that you feel that it's uh, entertaining and worth it for you to support me and the work that I do, all of the work that I do. You can do that again by going to patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin, give me a buck. I think $5 a month for the amount of stuff that I do for the value for the other shows that I do that, that don't have sponsors or make income, you know, buy me one of these. I drink three of these a week and, uh, you could, you could contribute to that. Actually, I drink a lot more than three a week of those. Uh, so ponderous, man. I know. Ponderous. Okay. Let's get into the news now. What do you think? It's a weird time. I know it's a weird time. It's one twenty on a Friday. That's a weird time for me to do it. Also, you see this this background here? You see this, this shape and feel of this studio? This is going away. This may be either the last time or the second to last time that you ever see this particular setup. It's going to look maybe a little different, maybe a lot different. But it's going to be different. I got to warn you, because I know a lot of you don't like change, you know, uh, things are different. Concern, dude. So it's going to look a little bit different. I will still look the same. This desk will still look the same and the microphone and everything else you see. But behind me, that's going to be a little bit different. So you're going to have to wait and see. You're going to have to imagine the theater of the mind. what it's going to be like. So let's talk about some weather. We actually had some horrible weather. Um, severe weather killed at least five in the south across parts of Alabama, Georgia, and Tennessee. There were some really, really bad tornadoes. And, uh, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to take a chance. It's weather.com. I'm going to try and play this video and we'll see how horrible it is. Of course we got, oh, we got an ad first. We don't want to show their ad if it even loads, but significant damage was reported, uh, early today in Georgia, multiple people killed after tornadoes ripped through. Here it is. Look at, look at this footage of the destruction. Uh, pretty, pretty horrible. Look at the size of that tornado. Gosh, that's terrifying. The theater of um, the mind. 
there's a lot of tornadoes and a lot of damage and um, streets are closed. They're still trying to figure everything out. Uh, and it's, it's really bad. Here's a quote uh, from um, one of the high schools out there. They say to see the high school with the damage that it has and the community with the damage that it has sustained. in last night is a surreal feeling. This is Coweta County school superintendent, Evan Horton. That's your name. Horton. Uh, bad news out that way. Uh, so I don't know if you feel like you want to donate or something. They haven't, provided any links on how you can help with that. So right now, just kind of paying attention, but really bad. And of course, the thing with the tornado is you're sleeping in your house. It hits at night. And what are you going to do about it? Nothing you can do about it. Uh, you can't even get a warning. They don't always have tornado sirens. And a lot of the places have newer construction. They don't have basements. They don't have storm shelters. You're just hiding under your mattress or in your, in your uh, bathroom tub if you were lucky enough to even know about it ahead of time. I got a couple articles there that you can follow. Of course, this is going to be at danbenjamin.live slash I think it's 70, but just go to Dan Benjamin Live, pick today the show with today's date, and uh, you'll be able to see those show notes and links. Uh, I'm sure you've heard about the maritime traffic jam that's outside of the blocked Suez Canal. Have you heard about that? There was a giant container ship called the Ever Given. Okay, sure, we'll do that. What's your name, dude? Uh, that has disrupted the flow of the Suez Canal. Uh, here's kind of a map of that Suez Canal. But basically what's going on is there are now 200 vessels or huesels, as Chekhov would say, uh, that are blocking the Suez Canal and people are trying to get around it. But basically this giant cargo ship got stuck sideways in the waterway and this affects global shipping. This isn't a localized thing. If you're like Amazon package is delayed, it might be because of this. Uh, the Suez Canal Authority said it welcomed international efforts. They don't know what to do. I saw a picture that showed like a front end loader trying to like dig it out. It really seems pathetic. Uh, the ship called the Ever Given is owned by the Japanese firm Shoai Kaisen KK. It got wedged Tuesday in a single lane stretch of the canal about 3.7 miles north of the southern entrance near the city of Suez. And it remains grounded and they can't move it. Tugboats and a specialized suction dredger were trying to dislodge it. Uh, Egyptian authorities are prohibiting media from showing up and covering anything about it. And um, yeah, so everything's having to either go like around Africa. You forget how important this is. 10%, let me tell you this number, 10% of world trade flows through this cargo, this canal, uh, especially oil. Lots of things, but especially oil. This can affect oil and gas shipments from Europe to the Middle East. It's a big deal, guys. So that's why your stuff is late. Brian McDonough in the chat room says, I ordered an evergreen cargo ship on Amazon and it hasn't arrived yet. June, very good. Okay. Um, so this is interesting. So uh, our uh, President Biden Come on, uh, had a press conference, his first press conference since when he first took office. And uh, people are saying that it was bewildering is the word in this headline to see him read answers from a script. So instead of just answering, taking questions and answering them, he actually had uh, a script to answer the questions. And there are people uh, who are saying uh, like uh, um, criticizing him, saying that this is this is bad, that he shouldn't be doing that. Uh, and so here's uh, someone named Ari Fleischer said, um, yeah, he says, what's the alternative? He says, the alternative is the White House staff says to reporters, email us your questions and we'll email you back a printed response. In other words, that's what he felt they were getting. 
Um, he said that it's not healthy. Uh, I don't know why he thought that was such a big deal or what the problem was with that. If you're going to be answered questions and you want to be careful with your answers, perhaps you have uh, something that's um, a sensitive issue or an important issue and you want to get it right and you want to read, I think that's okay. But I think we, in some cases, want to hold our presidents to a higher standard. We expect that they can answer off the cuff or at the very least that they're able to memorize their answers and know what to say when they're asked a question. We want them to have a deeper, bigger grasp of the issue, right? We don't just want them to read something that was prepared for them. We want to feel like the answer's coming from them and being expressed, don't we? I wouldn't go so far as to say that it's unhealthy, though, and I wouldn't necessarily be critical of it. And is it possible? Ask yourself this. Is it possible for Joe Biden to be an excellent president and also read from cards when he answers questions? Is that possible? I think it is. Dominion. Dominion Voting, which is uh, the uh, systems that were accused of being fraudulent in one way or another, are suing Fox Network for $1.6 billion over 2020 election claims. Here is a picture of the uh, a Dominion voting machine, I guess. Uh, and they filed this $1.6 billion lawsuit, um, and they've already followed, uh, filed other things. Um, against uh, Fox. Basically, Fox and the people on Fox uh, were saying that they amplified inaccurate assertions. This is the quote. Amplified inaccurate assertions that Dominion altered votes, quote, sold a false story of election fraud in order to serve its own commercial purposes, severely injuring Dominion in the process. This is a copy of the lawsuit. It was obtained by the Associated Press. It continues, the truth matters. Live ha lies have consequences. If this case does not rise to the level of defamation by a broadcaster, then nothing does. And uh, that, you know, there were a lot of people on Fox News and, and elsewhere too, but primarily Fox saying that these systems were hacked or they were insecure or they were easy to falsify, easy to affect. Is that true? I don't know, but they sure didn't like it. And they say that they're, they've been hurt by that. Um, that's possible. So something to keep your eye on. Uh, but there were a lot of people who criticized Dominion. So let's see what happens there. It'll be interesting. Meanwhile, what's going right now in Congress? Uh, hey, Nelson in the chat room. Uh, Facebook, Twitter, and Google CEOs are being grilled right now by Congress on misinformation. So here is a picture of our uh, motley crew. Uh, we've got uh, Twitter and we've got Facebook and we've got uh, Google. And they're basically sitting in there getting criticized by Congress. This mainly happened yesterday, but I think they might be back again today um, about the Capitol riots and the rollout of the coronavirus vaccine. Uh, I'll read from this article. Members of the House Energy and Commerce Committee pressed Facebook CEO Mark Zuckerberg, Google CEO Sundar Pichai, and Twitter CEO Jack Dorsey about their platform's efforts to stem baseless election fraud claims and vaccine skepticism. In other words, the Congress is trying to hold them accountable for the distribution of erroneous uh, information, misinformation, and opinion. And this asks that bigger question. Are they or are those companies responsible for the information that is published by individual citizens there? And what is their responsibility for that? And what do they need to do to curb that? 
and which topics are the most important. For example, for a while they were talking about hydrochloroquine uh, being almost like a panacea that was going to, you know, keep people from getting very sick and maybe even prevent transmission of coronavirus. And it since came out that it, it seems like that doesn't work or it seems like it doesn't work as well. But if before that, or even after it, if you were to tweet about that, is it Twitter's responsibility to prevent you from saying something that's wrong or prevent you from saying something that's untrue? I've used my analogy and I'll use it again. This is my three. They don't sponsor the show. Shame on them. This is 365 Lime Sparkling Water. It's Whole Foods. Get a case of it. It's pretty cheap. And by the way, those of you who are supporting me on Patreon, thank you very much. You're buying the soda for me. Patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. Please support the show. This is how I make a living. And uh, hold on. Hold on. It's time to check. No pile of cash under there. Nothing. It's just empty desk. Just my legs and feet and shoes, I guess. Uh, if I were to tell you that this tasted exactly like Coca-Cola, I know two people, companies that wouldn't be happy about it, Whole Foods and Coca-Cola. It's not true. It doesn't taste anything like Coca-Cola. But if I said that on Twitter and it wasn't true, but I said it and I said, everybody go buy this stuff. It tastes just like Coca-Cola. Could I get sued for that? It's my opinion. It's my opinion that it tastes like that. Well, you would say, no, no one's really going to care about it. I don't have a big enough audience for anyone to care. And we're talking about the flavor of uh, some seltzer water, right? But what if I was telling you something about a serious illness that maybe could kill you or your family members or make you really horribly sick? And I said, oh, just go get this hydrochloroquine stuff and it'll make you all better. If I were to say that, that would be disinformation that could harm you, right? Is it Twitter and Facebook and Google's responsibility to prevent me from saying something like that? Do they need to have a disclaimer about it? Well, what if I just went and told all my friends that? What if I went and told all my friends that that's going to fix you? You don't need to worry about it. Just me I'm walking around, you know, and I'm telling everybody that I know personally, not distributing it over Twitter or YouTube or whatever, just talking about it. Is that bad? Whose fault is that? It's just mine. But the minute that I use a third party service to do it, isn't it still my responsibility? My answer is that's on me. And I don't believe that it is my personal opinion. And listen, tell me below in the comments. Tell me I'm wrong. I would love to learn more and be proven wrong. I want to learn more. As of today, my opinion is it should not be the responsibility of Twitter or Facebook or Google to censor things that are maybe not true. I think it's the burden falls upon the listener, but then it gets tricky. Because, or the, the viewer, the reader, the consumer, if I go into a grocery store right now, right? And I want to go get some, uh, something that, that, that probably is really processed and, and horrible for me. I don't know. Let's, eh, let's pick on potato chips. I go and buy a big old bag of potato chips. On the back is the nutritional information. I can read it or not. And whether I have one chip or eat the entire bag, that's on me. They have the information there. I can find that information. If I want to know how many grams of fat or how much cholesterol or whatever is in there, I can read it on the back. And I can say, hmm, maybe I shouldn't have the whole bag. Maybe I shouldn't eat the whole gallon of ice cream. You know, 
maybe I should only eat a few. That's on me. The burden is on me. The information is there. The ingredients are there. But the burden's on me. If you see somebody on Twitter saying something and you don't know if it's true or not, isn't there a way for you to find that out? Isn't there, if you're on the internet looking at Twitter, couldn't you then search that information? You could use Google, Bing, DuckDuckGo. There's a lot of solutions. There's a lot of ways to find it. You could, for example, you could go to the WHO's website or the CDC's website and you could research it yourself. Yeah, it might take you some extra steps, but wouldn't that be better than just believing somebody's post on Facebook, even if you trust them? Is it Facebook's responsibility to block or warn about that person's post? Or do they have the freedom to say what they want, even if it's wrong, even if what they're saying could result in harm to someone else? They're not inciting anything. So I don't know. Tell me in the comments. Tell me what you think. I am, uh, I am not sure. But as somebody who runs a podcast hosting company, it affects me because I'm very curious. What if somebody were to say that in one of the podcasts that is hosted on fireside.fm, the original fireside.fm. And if you want, you can use the coupon MARMAR, M-A-R-M-A-R, because it's Mark, uh, and you'll get 50% off your first two months over at Fireside. But anyway, I'm not sure. The answer is I don't know. I really, truly don't know. My gut says people are, are as smart as they want to be. And if they hear something and they don't know if it's true, that the burden is on them to look it up. If you were walking down the street and somebody said, yeah, this can of soda here tastes just like Coke, I might have to say, I don't think it's going to taste like Coke. It's marked as lime. It says lime on the front. But if I was really curious, I could go and buy one. But that would be on me. If I choose to believe that something like hydrochloroquine save me from the coronavirus, that burden is on me for believing it if I were to believe that, right? Regardless of who told me that. Anyway, it's a big issue and they're trying to figure it out. Um, Doyle, who is, uh, who's this guy? Uh, Representative Mike Doyle, Doyle, uh, he's the chair of the House Subcommittee on Communications and Technology. He said his staff easily found anti-vaccine content on Facebook. Ooh, ooh, someone posted content on Facebook that, like, check it out, research it. You make up, people need to make up their own minds. They need to think for themselves. And I don't understand this philosophy that people need to be babied this way. Maybe they do. Maybe am I giving people too much credit? Do I think people are that much smarter? I like to think all of y'all, my jackals and Benjamin Nation are smart enough to know that if you hear something, you got to double check it. You got to fact check it before you make a decision about something, right? Are people, did they just believe everything they see? If some jamoke posts something that's wrong on Facebook, you're an idiot if you believe it, right? It's not Facebook's, and I don't trust me, I don't like Facebook. Don't get me wrong. Like I'm not a Facebook fan. I'm certainly not defending Facebook. I would not mind if they went away. But is it their responsibility to build an algorithm to block it? So let me continue with what Mike Doyle says. 
You can take this content down. You can reduce the vision. You can fix this, but you choose not to, Doyle said in opening remarks. You have the means, but time after time, you're picking engagement and profit over the health and safety of users. The article continues to say the tech platforms, which had already faced intense pressure to beat back misinformation and foreign interference leading up to the 2020 election, came under greater scrutiny in the following months. Even as some of the companies rolled out new steps to crack down on election conspiracy theories, it wasn't enough to keep hardline supporters of former President Donald Trump from storming the U.S. Capitol. I, um, I definitely think if you have someone very influential with a big audience who is inciting something like a, an attack on the Capitol, an insurrection, or any other kind of disruption, violence, or whatever. Yeah, I, I think something should be done if you're inciting violence. But that's a freedom of speech type issue, isn't it? Because when you talk about freedom of speech, it's very clear what that means. And the example that's always used is, you have freedom of speech, but that doesn't mean you can shout fire in a crowded movie theater or something like that. That's not your freedom of speech. Freedom of speech is you saying, I think this. And, and the thing that you think might be that you don't like our government. You're allowed to say that here in America. You can stand up and say, I don't like our government. You can say that. Or I bought a car and I hate it. It's horrible. It's the worst car I've ever driven. In the same way that you can say, I love our government and I love the car that I drive. It's your choice. But what you can't do is say something that will cause harm to others, that will incite people, that kind of thing. You can't do that. Is that what they're trying to say from this? I don't know. Many lawmakers have very harsh words for these tech platforms. Uh, but the questions are giving us a clue as to what Congress might do next. Uh, to read from the article, it says, Democrats focus their questioning on the tech platform's algorithms and the way that their quest for profit allegedly leads to negative outcomes for users and society at large. Republicans introduced a new line of attack focusing on how the platform's practices are particularly toxic for the mental health of children and teens. To me, that's a separate issue. Children and teens shouldn't necessarily have access to the same thing that us grown-ups have access to. But who does that burden fall upon? The parents? schools or the websites? I don't know. Content is going to, okay, listen, listen to what my son did. They use iPads in their school and uh, he's 13. And one of the things that there's a software on the iPad that blocks certain applications from running, right? I hope, I hope his teachers aren't watching this. If they are, skip, skip forward three minutes. Nothing, nothing important here. So you, uh, apparently one of the apps that gets blocked is a message app, but I would still sometimes get messages from him and I couldn't understand how I, and I said, Hey bud, how come you're still messaging me? Like during the day, I thought you couldn't use the app. He's like, Oh you, yeah, the app's blocked. You can't use it. You can't launch the app. The message is out. I said, so what are you doing? He found a way. I'm not going to say exactly how. I'm not going to say if he figured it out or someone showed him, but you can go into another application like photos and hit the message, pick a photo and hit message, and it will allow you to message someone. So their system isn't perfect. Okay. It's just that easy for kids to find ways around any kind of restrictions and limitations that we want to put on them. They're going to figure something out. So then does it fall on these websites to block it from kids? I'm not saying I have a problem blocking it from kids, but
but from adults. If one adult wants to say something that's not true, I don't need to be protected from that. What if the adult is somebody who I trust? Still don't need to be protected from it. What if the adult is somebody with a blue check mark in the news? Do I need to be protected from that? Do I need to be, because I can tell you there's things in the news all the time that aren't true. Really? Yes. All the time. I'll give an example. I've been interviewed before and it's been published and they've misquoted me, directly misquoted me from what I said. Is that a lie? Did they alter the quote to make their story better? Was it just a mistake? Regardless, it wasn't accurate. It wasn't what I said. Okay. So people will read that and think that I said something I didn't say. If that happens to me, the like podcaster nerd guy in Austin, of course it's happening to people who have important opinions and roles and opinion and thoughts in the world. So there's always a little miscommunication, but where does the fault lie? Tell me what you think in the comments. Next story. Oh yeah, let's do that. Market zero next frame. Half a billion vaccines have been given. More than 500 million doses of vaccine all around the world as of today on Friday, according to an AFP tally. Now, it doesn't say what AFP stands for. I don't know what AFP stands for. So, you know, good, good on you article. I have to assume that AFP is some kind of news organization. I don't know. Uh, but yeah, 508.3 million doses have been administered in at least 164 countries as of today. Uh, Israel leading the race by far with nearly six out of 10 of its population having received at least one dose. More than half of Israelis have received the second dose. The rate of infection there, which peaked at more than 650 cases per 100,000 people in January, has plunged to just 67. Next is the United Kingdom, uh, followed by United Arab Emirates, Chile, Bahrain, and then the United States at 26%. The U.S. is way ahead, though, with 133 million uh, vaccinations given China with 91 million, India with 55.5 million. But it's taking longer to get it to the poor countries and the poor people within the countries. Uh, only 0.1% of the doses around the world were given to the poorer countries, such as, uh, well, it's not even listing which the countries are. Okay, maybe I can find it for you. Maybe not. It's not listing it. So. Poorer nations not getting it, richer nations getting it. Seems wrong, and that's the way it always seems to be. Uh, Bill Gates says that the world should be back to normal by the end of 2022 due to vaccines. He said this apparently in Polish media. Here's a photo of him. Is this him saying it, or is it just a photo of Bill Gates? I don't know. He says, uh, this is an incredible tragedy. By the end of 2022, we should be basically completely back to normal. Uh, he is committed at least $1.75 billion to the global response of COVID-19. He's very involved in it, cares a lot about it. But that's what he's saying, back to normal, completely back to normal. Like we don't have to worry about anything. Um, okay. They're also doing some COVID-19 vaccine testing on kids now. Um, young, like under the age of 10. Uh, researchers in the U.S. and abroad are beginning to test younger and younger kids to make sure COVID-19 vaccines are safe. The first shots are going to adults who are most at risk, but ending the pandemic will require vaccinating children too, according to this article in the AP News. Kids should get the shot, 
Marisol. Okay, that's Marisol Gerardo, who is um, a person. That's all this article says. Um, she's uh, so that everything might be a bit more normal. And she's looking forward to when she can have sleepovers with her friends again. So they're going to start vaccinating kids. Now, why wouldn't they vaccinate kids? Because they don't know what this actually does yet. Um, they don't think it does anything bad. And there's no reason to believe it does anything bad. It doesn't affect your DNA. It affects your RNA. Um, but they're always a little leery of doing it with kids. Also, kids' infection rates are really low. It's only 13% of COVID-19 cases that have been documented in the United States. Um, and uh, and they're they're trying to see if the vaccines actually even work on kids because they might not. So it's kind of a test. I don't want my kids to be tested on, but I don't want them to get sick either. U.S. jobless claims have fallen to 684,000, the fewest since the start of the pandemic. That's always good news. Thursday's report from the Labor Department showed that jobless claims fell from 781,000 the week before. It's the first time that weekly applications for jobless aid have fallen below 700,000 since mid-March of last year. Here's a little chart just to show you. Uh, yeah, what do you think of that? That's called COVID. So it's good. We want people to have jobs. Uh, another article here that's interesting. Uh, I forget who sent me this one. So I'm sorry. I've been getting a whole bunch of articles sent to me. I apologize. People who were living downwind of atomic blasts are renewing a push for U.S. payout. Um, this is out in like Las Vegas, Nevada, um, also in Arizona, because back in those days when they were doing all the atomic testing, people would walk out their front door and they would stand on their front porch and they would watch the big bombs going off. And uh, people would ride horses out into the fields to get as close as they could to it. Um, a hundred or more of these tests were above ground. And um, Representative Greg Stanton uh, in Arizona testified during a congressional subcommittee hearing on Wednesday that residents who once went and looked at these things had no idea that they were harmful. Uh, here's what he said. They had no idea. They were never told that they were being exposed to dangerous cancer-causing radiation. As a direct result of the radiation exposure from these tests, thousands of Arizonans have suffered from cancer. Entire families have suffered from cancer and far too many have died. Uh, he and others testified as part of a renewed push for compensation from the U.S. government following uranium mining and nuclear testing that was carried out during the Cold War. In New Mexico, about 40,000 people lived within a 50-mile radius of a military range where the world's first atomic bomb was detonated as part of World War II's top-secret Manhattan Project. Um, they are also at risk. Uh, the quote, for days, radioactive ash fell from the sky and settled on everything, the soil, in the water, in the air, on the plants, and on the skin of every living thing. It was a public health disaster of grand proportions. They were never told about it. Of course, you've got the Navajo Nation involved. Uh, so they want some kind of compensation, and you better believe they deserve it. Uh, African elephants are getting closer to extinction. Uh, they are very threatened right now, and uh, it's bad. Um, this is a new assessment coming from the International Union for Conservation of Nature. Uh, they're facing a lot of pressures, these African elephants, due to poaching for ivory, human encroachment, uh, you know, just disruption of their environment. 
We must urgently put an end to poaching and ensure that sufficient suitable habitat for both forest and savanna elephants is conserved. This is Bruno Oberl, the IUCN Director General, which is a Swiss-based company, talking about how they're endangered. Only about 415,000 of them remain in the world. Uh, this has fallen by 86% over the last 31 years. So it's bad news for them. It's not too late, but we need to do something about it. Um, did you hear that Disney Plus raised its prices? That's right. Um, there's a lot of shows on Disney Plus, uh, and more of them are coming. And here's the reason why they're more expensive. I'll give it to you. Obi-Wan Kenobi, Lando, Loki, Miss Marvel, Moon Knight, Hawkeye, She-Hulk, Sister Act 3, Zootopia Plus, Pinocchio, Hocus Pocus 2, Peter Pan and Wendy, Chippendale Rescue Rangers. That's why the price is going up. All of these are going to Disney Plus and they want a little bit more of your money. Not a lot. $6.99 old price, $7.99 new price. Not a big deal. $12 a year. Disney's bundle includes ESPN Plus and Hulu. It's also going up by a dollar from $12.99 to $13.99. The thing is, they're just going to keep increasing the price. They're probably going to level off at around $16.99 or $19.99 based on what I've seen with the other ones raising their price. But yeah, it's going to go up in price. All these things are going to go up. And we're going to look back on the day when we used to have cable and we used to have all of these channels and our DVRs and it was like 50 bucks a month. And now we're going to be spending 80 or 90, 100 bucks a month to get all those different services for that one or two shows that you really want on that one thing. But we'll see what happens. Um, I put an article in the show notes talking about the lack of inventory in the housing markets and uh, the kind of real estate boom that's going on. Uh, it's pretty interesting. There's no inventory right now for houses. Uh, and if you're a home builder, and I'll tell you what, I'm not an investment advisor, but I'll tell you what, it might not be a bad idea to invest in some home building companies. I'm not saying to do that because I can't give you that kind of advice, but take a look, research. Um, profitability per unit is up 73% year over year for those home builders. So might be something to watch. Uh, let's see. Oh, Slack. Yeah, you heard about this? Slack is getting new audio features. Stuart Butterfield uh, said on Clubhouse, <laughs> this is the funny part, he said this on Clubhouse, that Clubhouse-like features will be coming to Slack. Uh, a range of audio features for all of its users. Uh, there will be the ability to leave an audio message for someone, not just a, a phone call, but you can leave a message when they get back, they can play it. Um, there'll be like an audio chat that you can go back and forth with other people. Uh, all of this stuff is built in and, uh, pretty interesting. I don't, I don't use Slack that way. I still think of Slack as like the thing you have running in the background when you want to talk to your coworkers, but okay. Microsoft is in exclusive talks to acquire discord. They're valuing the chat app at 10 billion and it could be completed next month. So no big deal there. Not a surprise. It's a good thing for Microsoft to get. They really want to acquire things in the chat space. The last one I remember uh, that they acquired, well, I mean, they, they have Skype, for example. So they really want a presence in this space. They can't buy Slack. I don't think Slack wants to sell to them. You know, Facebook has WhatsApp and don't they own Signal now too? Tell me in the chat if I'm wrong about this. But um, a guy in the chat says, I'm 56 years old and I can't ever remember cable being $50. It was, it was, um, and you can, you can still get a cable package, not all the channels, you can get it for 50 bucks. Um, so 
We'll see. But uh, yeah, they're going to own Discord. That's a done deal, in my opinion. Uh, this was an interesting one. There are documents that show that Amazon is aware that drivers, listen to me, drivers pee in bottles and even defecate in route. Yeah. Uh, it says, if employees actually had to pee in bottles, Amazon said, nobody would work for us. And they're saying, uh-uh, that's a lie. Well, Amazon workers are trying to unionize. And uh, Bernie Sanders is actually uh, on his way out there uh, to learn about this. But here's what, the, here's what it says. It says, um, Amazon executive Dave Clark said the, um, and Amazon's worth a, bill, uh, a trillion dollars. Uh, so Dave Clark went out That's there and name. said, the Bernie Sanders, uh, he says, so if you want to hear about $15 an hour in healthcare, Senator Sanders will be speaking downtown. But if you'd like to make at least $15 an hour and have good healthcare, Amazon is hiring. Uh, yeah, um, $15 an hour doesn't make it a progressive workplace. Um, but there are reports that come back from 2018 saying that Amazon workers were forced to skip bathroom breaks and pee in bottles. And instantaneously, Amazon came out and said, you don't really believe that peeing in bottles is a thing, do you? If that were true, nobody would work for us. Uh, well, this person writing this article on The Intercept said, Amazon workers with whom I spoke said that the practice was so widespread due to pressure to meet quotas and managers frequently referencing it during meetings and informal policy documents and emails, which were provided to The Intercept. The practice, these documents show, was known to management, which identified it as a recurring infraction, but did nothing to ease the pressure that caused it. In some situations, employees even defecated in bags. One document provided from January marked Amazon Confidential details various infractions by Amazon employees, including public urination and public defecation. The document was provided to The Intercept by an Amazon employee in Pittsburgh, who, like most of the employees that this person talked to, was granted anonymity. But uh, the employee also provided an email sent by Amazon Logistics area manager last May, chastising employees for defecating into bags. Quote, this evening, an associate, discovered, an associate discovered human feces in an Amazon bag that was returned to a station by a driver. This is the third occasion in the last two months when bags have been returned to station with poop inside. We understand that the driver's associates may have emergencies while on the road, and especially during COVID, driver's associates have struggled to find bathrooms while delivering. That's disgusting, and that is unreasonable to expect your drivers and employees to use a bag to poop in. And I'm sorry that I had to talk about that, but that's horrible, and Amazon should be ashamed. Okay, I'm going to end this week with my last story, talking about a monkey named Godzilla who was found gorging on junk food at a Thai market. He was a uh, he was taken out of there and he is being sent to a, what they're calling a fat camp. He is twice as big as he should be. Uh, and I feel bad. For, look how big this guy is. Well, apparently what was going on is uh, he was tied to a market stall and given treats by visitors in Bangkok, Thailand. So people would come up to him and hand him treats and he would eat them. Of course he would eat them. And uh, they felt horrible about this, which they should have. Um, and uh, wildlife officials visited the market after they were worried about him and they found him tethered to this stall and they took him away. And now he's being sent to a special place where he'll be put on a strict diet. He'll be forced to exercise and he'll be prepared for a return to the wild. Uh, here's the quote. Uh, Navi Chang Purom, 
who is the forestry chief at Thailand's Department of National Parks, said, We received a report from someone who was concerned about the health of the monkey. Our investigation then found the owner. He said that he brought the monkey home and took great care of it uh, like one of his family's own members. He and his family fed the monkey so well that it became fat. Sometimes market goers would find the monkey cute and would also feed it, and it became a favorite attraction at the market. And of course, if it was a, fa- a great attraction, then yeah, people are going to uh, come more and maybe that's better for business. So clearly that's why they did it. Stupid. At least it's going to get better. And that's all I've got for you today. But listen, thanks again to all of you who are supporting the show. Patreon.com slash Dan Benjamin. It matters. It helps. It literally puts food on my table. So every dollar counts if you enjoy the show please consider donating and uh, you know what is free liking and subscribing and ringing the bell. Definitely like that helps the algorithms definitely subscribe. That helps all of us and uh, ring the bell and you'll get a notification when I go live. If you like watching it that way and show up in the chat room and we can talk there and it's wonderful stuff. And of course you can follow me anywhere and everywhere. I'm at Dan Benjamin and I would love to hear from you uh, at Dan Benjamin on Twitter even more on Instagram. So a few of you follow me on Instagram and I post really fun stuff there that I would love for you to see. So follow me there. And of course, um, youtube.com slash Dan Benjamin is probably where you're watching this anyway. So that's it. Have a great weekend and I uh, look forward to seeing you Monday morning, maybe in this set, maybe not. You'll have to see. Have a good one.